0: However you like to do it, indoors, outdoors, in the gym or playing the field. You know that being fit comes with benefits. At Lifestyle Sports, we have the sportswear for you. Brands
1: that turn you on. Innovation that gives you the edge and no strings of dice. So you
0: can choose life with benefits. Style with benefits. Sports with benefits. Your life, your style, your sports at LifestyleSports.com.
1: welcome to the blood and mud podcast the podcast that generally glances awkwardly at the weekend rugby hoping that none of the big lads take it the wrong way i am lee and And joining me over there is
0: i remain josh this is a podcast 148 of course it is podcast
1: 148 the year go on
0: Uh, 148 is of course Dunbar's number, which is the number suggested by anthropologist Robin Dunbar in the 90s, which is the cognitive limit to the number of people with whom one can maintain a stable social relationship. Uh, I think that's mental. If I had 148 friends, I'd barely have any time. What about these
1: people who have two million friends on Instagram?
0: Well yeah, but if I had 148 friends, I'd have no time for my preferred hobby of sitting on my own in my house consuming (laughs) digital media in one form or another. Yes. Yeah, 148 friends, can you imagine? It's too many friends. I'll tell you what, 148 listeners, though. Yeah, not that,
1: enough. Not enough. <laughs> wherever, no, whatever's
0: the number of listeners that we've got now, I'd say that's the perfect number of listeners.
1: Certainly seems to be perfectly yeah. formed, perfectly crafted. Yeah. Um, speaking but of listeners, if you, if you want to get in touch with us, <laughs> uh, you can yes. get in touch with me at Blood and Mud or later, blood and mud.com. And how people get in touch with you, Josh? Uh,
0: at Josh Gardner, at dot RubyShirtwatch, com.
1: And we're on Acast on iTunes and anywhere else you can get all of a podcast if you feel like doing it. We're also mm. on, of course, the Patreon, patreon.com slash blood and mud. For those of you who like to feel you want to give us a little bit of support by sticking your hand in your pocket a little bit. And can I just say that obviously we've got the regular $2 a month members. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much to all of you. It is incredibly appreciated. But then we have the, in the they're in the Aled Brew Lounge, and then we have the Allied Brew Lounge VIP area. For the people wow. who fancy, you know, just just be, to the hell of it, fancy give us a little bit more support for a mention on the pod. So the following have spent a bit of time in Alab Brew Lounge and thought, you know what, this is nice enough, but I want to go into the VIP area because they've got a nineties vodka bar in there. I fancy a bit, of, you know, cherry cola vodka.
0: Around. I mean, I in, I enjoy. If its it, it modelled on uh, Rasputin's the vodka bar in Aberdeer circa two thousand and three?
1: They were all there. There was one in real, dance- even real, real had one.
0: Yeah. This Is thing about dance- this
1: craft gin shit can fuck off because <laughs> they were doing this stuff in the 90s with vodka. It's nothing, it's yeah. nothing new.
0: And craft gin bars don't have dancing poles, all right? They don't
1: have dancing poles. And you can't get chili pepper gin, I bet.
0: No. Or no. Mars
1: bar gin, for example. <laughs> anyway, the people who walked up to the rope and said, can you kind of let us in, are Amra Muchich... Am Amra, I hope that's if you are listening, which I'm assuming you are. I hope that I hope that's the correct pronunciation. <laughs> by, I'm all, get, by
0: all means, get in touch if it's not. If it's not, we'll, please me tell me. Week.
1: Obviously, you can get in touch via the Patreon messaging. But um, I, I think it's Croatian. The word, the name, Mucic. So I've done my best. Uh, thank you to so Amra. Thank you to James Davis, who by the way is much nicer than his brother Chris. Yeah. Yehan uh, and Skinner. Alistair McFadyen. Vader's jester, and Ollie, And finally, the magnificent Robert Marr, or meher Marr, or meher who has, for no reason other than altruism or most likely madness, has entered the VIP area and paid above the face value ticket price.
0: Good Lord. I mean, that's that's enough for a, an Ali Brew lap dance, surely.
1: <laughs> well, it is. Bagsy, not me. You mentioned it first. so
0: No, Ali Brew's doing the lap dance. Oh, I see. We'll I get see. him in for I the see. night. I you know. see, I see. I'd never volunteer either of us for oh, that. can you imagine? Weird. I can imagine. It's horrible.
1: Um why are you imagining that? Let me remind you all, because this might happen on that day, I suppose. We've got Judgment Day coming up on the 27th of April, yes, where we get to see time. the wonderful conclusion to the Welsh season.
0: Which actually it, has something riding on it for a change, It does is a bit, nice. is
1: yeah. Um mm. So we've got that happening, and that's on the 27th, and we'll be going to the match. We've got tickets. Grab yourself some tickets. You don't have to do that. We'll be around town before and after, probably. Maybe as a bit of a mini-social, so come and join us. We'll let you know where we're going to be. Uh, shall we start with a player spotted, as we always do? Of course, do? we we better add. Speaking of the Patreon messaging portal, Richard Kaminsky mm. gets in touch through mm-hmm. said portal, and he says, "I've got a player spotted for you." He said, "I was out for a spot of brunch Ooh. near where I work, where we live in Dubai. Ooh. There seems to be a very, there seems to be something very familiar about the chap on the table sat next to us. Short, bald, muscular men are fairly thick on the ground here, but there's something about the shape of his dome." not unlike an alien from that film about the alien whose name escapes me. I think it was called Banana Head Monster in Space, Richard. No, that's what yeah, it was called. Yeah, yeah. He said, uh, as he turns to fish out something from his toddler for his toddler, sorry, from his nappy bag, I catch his eye and, yes, it's none other than Ireland's pocket-sized puncher, Mr. Peter Stringer. Looks like he spent most of his retirement thus far in the gym and he has the biggest gun to height ratio I've ever seen, <laughs> <laughs> which is a fantastic ratio, by the way. Who has I got can... the most outrageous gun to height ratio? Do you reckon?
0: I can fully see Peter Stringer getting into like competitive bodybuilding post rugby, or definitely He's crossfitting, that. or something. He's just along got that head. look about him, yeah.
1: Anyway, to finish off, Richard said, as they leave, his boy, you looked about three years old, sold a dummy and weaves through about four adults and accelerates up the road at a freaky, frankly, astonishing speed. Keep an eye <laughs> out for the even littler Stringer Jr. in a few years' time. Mm. Thank you, Richard. That was a good one. Why do they all end up in Dubai? Are they all doing appearances and stuff like that? I can only
0: guess. Yeah. Massive loads of cash. Yeah. Yes.
1: Uh, that's spotted. If you've got a place spotted you'd like to send to us, Obviously, if you're on the Patreon, you can do it through the messaging page, the messaging portal. If not, there's the DMs, there's and com and all of that kind of stuff. Thank you very much everybody mm-hmm. sends them in. Don't spare any mundane details.
0: We love those details. Uh,
1: now then, news-wise, mm. a lot of news this week, so we'll, we'll rattle through. A lot through. of news, Anything yeah. going on this week? Anything we need to talk <sighs> about this week?
0: <laughs> Should we come to that? We'll come to that in a bit. I don't know what you could be talking news. about,
1: but we'll come to that in a bit. Yeah. Uh, first of all, quickly, speaking of the playoffs, which we're headed towards, there's also playoffs in, in the Women's League as well. Saracens will play Quinns in the Premier 15's final. What price Sarri's on the clean sweep, you reckon?
0: I mean, it's still all on for them. Although, you know, who knows? They're maybe not the force they once were. Well, we'll come on to that,
1: won't we? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, so congratulations to both those teams. Should be a good final. Uh, Indeed. Matthew Bastereau is fancy. <laughs> it's taking its particular style of loose play. To uh, the Major League Rugby, specifically Rooney, Rugby United, yeah. New York. I'd like Rooney to play for Rooney, actual Rooney. He looks like a <laughs> bit, he looks like a sort of he looks inside like centre, doesn't could he, he? He can look himself. after himself, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. But anyway, I mean, he's, he's off to Rugby he's, he's, United, he's New York. He's thinner than Matthew Bastero, so. Well, for now. For now, yeah, for the time being. I mean, I, I'm fully expecting Bastro to go over there and for him to get recruited into the NFL to play an offensive lineman within about five minutes when they just see the fucking size or of the batter.
1: Offensive lineman stroke running back like William, like the Fridge Perry in the 80s. <laughs> um, I mean, those deli sandwiches are going to take a fucking pastry aren't they?
0: Like. Particularly in New York, it's extremely easy to get a hot dog or a pizza whenever you want it.
1: I mean, look at what a late career contract did to Piri Weepu's physique. And he was eating at like Prezzo in Richmond. So imagine, you know, yeah. imagine what fucking New York is going to do to Bastaro. <laughs> Think on that. <laughs> mm. What else have you, uh, you got? Any more? Have you got any news?
0: Uh, well, Gareth Anscombe is headed to the Ospreys. It's been on the cards for a while, but oh, that? Uh, yeah, that very well. pleased. Uh, on, he's a fucking brilliant player. He's exactly the kind of player the Ospreys need, and he's a damn sight more consistent than Sam Davis. God love him. Um,
1: that has been a problem this year, hasn't it? Yeah, the bigger size hole just... and somebody not quite ready to step into it.
0: Yeah, and Sam Davis just I think he's having too much of a good time <laughs> to to so be interesting to see where he goes next. But um yeah, if Slightly backfired on the Blues, who basically said, "You've got until Monday to tell us where you're going to play next year." And he went, "Okay, I'm going to play. I'm going to play for the team that you have to beat in a fortnight's time to secure your Champions Cup." Yeah, I saw you tweeting
1: a wonderville play because.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't think they play him for that because it's just it's a shit situation for everyone there, isn't it? I think it but,
1: was a, was it I, was it Owen, one of our one of the our listeners actually came back and said you don't want to. You don't want a Ben Botica versus Montpellier scenario over again, do you? Yeah, Ospreys (laughs) win that.
0: You know, Blues win that game. The Ospreys probably aren't playing in the Champions Cup next year, and vice versa. So yeah, I think Gareth Anscombe will either be warming the bench or not involved at all, Uh, which is a shame for him because he doesn't get one more run out with the Blues. But uh, yeah. Uh, from well he may very to...
1: well play I see but yeah we we he may well that, do but...
0: but uh yeah I think if the blues have got any sense they it's it's a shit situation for everybody it's not really fair to put him in that situation but uh yeah uh, and it, uh, one of the worst uh, reveal videos in the history oh of those Oh my god yeah. somebody somebody
1: videos. i sorry I can't remember who it is just before we came on I saw you'd sent it to us and said it was shit yes Honestly, of course it is the black blood big, transfusion oh. video Jesus. Why do else? all these videos end up looking like cheap pornos?
0: <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Especially when the, the person who was g- getting the blood transfusion was... Not that I've seen I any of a, them, so, obviously. Yeah, the person who was getting the video, like the transfusion in the video, whose arm was all we saw. Um, Gareth Anscombe is blonde, and this man made me look positively unhairy, and I am a hairy man. Um <laughs> So
1: when you're having your lap dance, people, you can yeah, think of that yeah, look
0: now. That, look forward to that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's one. Um, Warren Gatlin won't be coaching France. That's been uh, in, in hilarious news um, because the French uh, Rugby Union was unable to convince the amateur clubs to... Bloody uh,
1: referendums, uh, eh? Yeah,
0: fucking the worst. Thing. 60% yeah, they
1: had, though. At least he had something of a mandate. Yeah,
0: they've got a mandate to keep French rugby stuck in the past. Uh, in, I mean, it's stupid and short-sighted, but that, I'm Welsh. I don't expect anything other than amateur clubs to behave. Uh, it in a me sort of when, short-sighted um, way. Europe,
1: Britain had a chance of going to Europe in the early fifties or the mm. late forties when Labour were in, and the then I can't remember what Chancellor it was, it was like I said. We're not going in. He said, "Well, why not?" He said, "Because the Durham miners will never have it," and that basically is is what is what, is what this it, is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Jean-Paul from Le Shit Kickers RFC near Carcassonne simply won't have it. So,
0: um, Speaking of current Welsh coaches as well, uh, Sean Edwards isn't going to Wigan. Uh, has actually admitted it now instead of just fucking hinting at it. Um, uh, but he's apparently staying with uh, Wales and the WRU because the WRU are apparently happy to have both him and Byron Hayward as defensive coaches which seems a lot which one to
1: me... are you going to listen to let's
0: be honest <laughs> it seems a lot to me like what the WR and Wayne Pivak are doing that thing where someone in the business is is sort of too expensive to get rid of him or it's inconvenient politically so they just get him to... he's apparently Hayward is going to focus on analysis and Edwards is going to be focusing on coaching so... <laughs> actually doing
1: the job yeah it um... <laughs> Did this is Gerald Hulier and Roy Evans all over again. Yeah, isn't it? it's like
0: you get, like they can't get rid of you, so they just get you doing some entirely pointless fucking busy work to fill the time up until they can quietly fuck you off. Like I, I remember, like there was a guy who was once brought in at a big top level boss at a company I worked at once, and he was stupendously bad at it, and like actually demanded that every person who worked under him come up with three good ideas to make the company more money because he didn't have one himself, <laughs> and that they would be, and then he gets, and he oh, got that's rumbled. That's co-production, after. that's Josh. That's the modern way of doing things. <laughs> Indeed. So he got rumbled after about six months, and so they what they moved him to, they got rid of him, and they moved him to special projects. Oh, that's the death knell, <laughs> that is. Special <laughs> yeah, projects. Exactly. But his brief was then, to go through all these like ideas that, he, that morons, for some reason, had sent him, um, and then just find out if there were any actually fucking good ones there. And that's, that was his job for about six months.
1: That's the uh, that's the equivalent. That's the business equivalent of getting the two AM Radio Two slot you're your radio. One DJ, it? and yeah, it's absolutely. fucking over.
0: <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what else? So, so Edward, yeah,
1: wanted the last thing about Edwards is, is that he's quoted as saying uh, that uh, not prepared enough. And a lot of people are assuming that he's talking about himself, but he was actually probably talking about the sport of rugby league. He's <laughs> not prepared.
0: It's probably true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, well, it kind of looks like Wales kind of always wanted to keep him around, but Wigan were basically saying, "Fucking, it's now or never," and so he went with Wigan. He had some,
1: he had, he had some thinking to do, at least, because mm. it is, you know, his hometown and all that. He could have done it, He could have done a fucking ginger bastard, Paul Skulls
0: on Oldham and just gone for yeah, a month and fucked off because it was too hard. <laughs> shit. Um, anyway, I the news then. Uh, right I- then,
1: so should we get into this then?
0: Uh, well, there's there's one more bit of news, oh. which is that Franco Smith, uh, current Cheetahs coach, has been approached about taking over Italy after the World Cup, which um, sounds like great news for Conor O'Shea's job prospects. <laughs> <laughs> and now, and now, it's hard now. to what the
1: fallout, the
0: fallout fiasco,
1: the fallout.
0: Yes, um, very
1: good. Thank you. The uh, um, I don't know what. Obviously, it's quite old news now because it came out last Monday, didn't it? Tuesday-ish. So some of it, some of it's quite old news.
0: I had quite a lengthy say in a thread on Twitter, well, which I'm not going of, to just read out here yeah, again. He kind so. of said everything that needed to be said. But yeah, like he signed a contract in January. In January, don't forget. Hmm. Stipulated, don't do that. And if you want to fucking whinge and moan about free speech and the company shouldn't be able to sack you, blah, 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 they can. They do. They're entitled to. Yeah. You're, you can believe whatever. And you can go to a
1: tribunal if you want, but they're entirely. Yeah. They've gotten a base. As, you know, the part I was trying to make is, you know, so far so simple. It's basically a, an employment decision that happens yeah. tens of thousands of times a day or around the world where somebody's hmm. broken their contract, which he signed up to. So the decision, to be honest, is quite straightforward, especially on the second warning. He was on the equivalent of a final written warning, effectively. Yeah. And off and he went. He, and if he, didn't, he did if what you, he did, yeah.
0: Yeah. If you wanted, you know, if you wanted to keep on being you know, homophobic on social media without any consequences, don't sign that contract.
1: Yeah. I Just mean, he's, he's now off. saying now that he's whatever happens is in God's hands, and I, and I genuinely believe he probably believes that, and he's probably got enough money to actually, well, you know, go off and do whatever he wants now.
0: But, um, but this is, I mean, like, to throw, you know, Gospel of Mark chapter 22, motherfucker, <laughs> render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, you know? respect the laws of the land in which you live. And on a macro level, that probably also includes not breaching an employment contract.
1: Yes. Um, Um, So I think that's relatively straightforward. Then you get into the whole argument about conflating this with a much bigger argument about social and societal norms, the nature of free speech versus can you be contracted out of free speech? What, where the kind of, not to be too deep about it, the kind of force field of your right to say what you want with a person's right to not feel like they're completely excluded from society, all of that kind of stuff. Um, I came on the conclusion that it's absolutely right what's happened to him, and it's right that we hold these standards yeah. because, again, I'll make the point, it, until 2003, Section 28 was still in law, Yeah. where you weren't literally um, allowed to say you were gay or, or councillors weren't allowed to even admit that you had that you yeah. existed. You know, this is... You, you know you have to move on from these things and you have to put things in place. That's why we needed a Race Relations Act. Where yeah. would we be without it? You know, this is what happens.
0: But like something when you talk about so I think people talked about his motives for doing this and whether he's you know, but you know was trying to get out of his contract to go to France or Japan or whatever, or whether I don't he think he's that clever. Being I think he's genuinely a bit thick to me. Yeah. Well, I think that. But then you look at the. the have you seen the footage of him um, that's emerged since of him? Preaching uh, recently At his church Yes I mean he's doing some pretty fucking Left field biblical interpretation To rail against Christmas And Christmas trees Like I think it's It's become sadly clear That what happened 12 months ago Has basically just made him double down And to become more inflexible And you know Uh, that's the part of this That kind of makes it me a bit sad about the whole thing is that he's he's not he's, you know it's it's pushed him further towards an unpleasant viewpoint than perhaps he already was I think.
1: I think to be honest I've got a relative of mine who's a Jehovah's Witness and they don't celebrate, he doesn't come to birthday parties he mm. doesn't come to Christmas do's they don't have trees, they don't have presents because that's their interpretation I don't yeah. have, I have, abs- you know I've no problem with that whatsoever that's just what they choose to do and nobody nobody has to engage in christmas Do you know what i mean mm. i've got no you know I've, nobody's got well i have got a problem with follow having his views i'd rather he didn't but the fact is that he has and i've got no problem with him having the right to have them but you can't you you cannot preach hate and torture and destruction under a banner of love and expect it not to be total fucking nonsense well and i, I, I you know i've to, i'm a christian i'm probably a lot more liberal in my views than that. I know you're
0: not, and I'm not going to get into this too much, but I don't believe any of what he's saying. Well, no. and this. But the thing that I think, you know, while I might not profess to any kind of Christian belief anymore, like, as I've said before, and you know, I grew up in, in evangelical Christianity, which a lot of people would call fundamentalist Christianity. And so I kind of, when I look at the way that he's behaving... And the things that he's saying, the things that he's doing, like I'm looking at that. And I think the reason that it winds me up so much Mm. is that I look at it and I go. I recognize all of that because I mean, people might disagree with me, here, but from my experience, I can see on the on the other side, that evangelical Christianity in particular thrives and I mean, fucking depends on creating a sense of victimhood and oppression, because partly because that's. They want to feel that connection to the early church, who, to be fair to them, were fucking oppressed. Yes, yes, they were. But yeah. also because it's such a fucking straight jacket and inflexible way to exist. You kind of need to create a bit of a siege mentality to keep people into it. And, like, that's really silly when there's three billion of you and you're the biggest <laughs> fucking religion on the planet. So that, but that then causes, you know you get this sort of mindset of people saying, oh, well, you know, we're the real Christians because we're more fucking hardcore than them. And then you, you think about Folau and he's there saying, you know, Catholics aren't real Christians. Anybody who celebrates Christian Easter isn't a real Christian. Like, there's that mindset in evangelical Christianity that if you're not unpopular and if you're not upsetting people and challenging people and you're upsetting the sort of social fabric, then you're not doing your job and you're letting people go to hell and blah, blah, blah. So in Falau's mind, I honestly think that he's thinking, well, if I'm saying unpopular things, I'm must, doing something I'm right. Doing yeah. Something right. Yeah. yeah. And like some people have said that Falau wants to basically become a full-time church leader and a pastor. And this is his basically way of fucking earning some extra cachet on the way out before he does. I don't, I just, wouldn't surprise I, don't think me. I don't think he's, yeah, I, I don't think he's doing this because he's thick. Because it was nearly a year to the day from the last one. Mm. And it's so obvious what was going to happen. He signed the fucking contract.
1: And um, I'm pretty sure when he was signing it, they would have been drawing his attention very, very, very clearly. Bit
0: here See, that clause there, that, re- that relates yes. to
1: that policy, <laughs> so please familiarise yourself with it yeah. and get your representatives to get you to fucking understand what it means.
0: Yeah, well, it's, they, what is it? The Sydney Morning Herald interviewed him coming out of church on Sunday mm. morning, and he basically said... Uh, I think the name of Jesus Christ has been glorified in this. Um, those that live for Christ will be persecuted for his name. He knows what he's doing. Can't go he anywhere knows, with that, can you? You know, he wants to be perse- He wants to feel like he's set upon and persecuted. Well, he wants to feel like he's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a. Yeah. And so that to that point, I'm just like, "Well, fuck you, then, mate. Get out of the sport. You're not bringing good things here." And I've, I, I honestly, I'd, I hadn't quite forgotten it, but I got to the point where I was starting to sort of enjoy watching Falau play again, hmm. because it sort of receded in my mind enough that I thought, "Well, maybe he's fucking got." It's his a head difficult bandage.
1: discussion, this, isn't it? Because you know, this is kind of happening now with music. People who are you are finding out that they're scumbags, yeah. You know, and you think, "Well, can you not enjoy?" Their art and fall out to an extent. Well, frankly, yeah, was an artist, wasn't it? You art know? Yeah, yeah, and it's very difficult. You're not allowed to, you know, you're not allowed to, you you're not allowed to listen to Michael Jackson anymore, yeah. or yeah, I'm not song. allowed
0: to like Ryan Adams anymore, which yeah. is annoying, which is Back really annoying, Lava. yeah,
1: because <laughs> yeah. he's got some cracking songs. We just keep <laughs> looking at all the lyrics down, going, oh no, Something. so, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's the fall out thing. I don't think we could do too much more on that. Our view is very clear. I did a thread on 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 Twitter yeah. if you want to have a look at it. That. Kind of that was me being far more articulate Definitely. than I'm being now because I had time to work it out. But that's kind of that kind of covers everything. Yeah, uh, and the then
0: injury, we the, the bit of it is the Billy bit though. That's Yeah,
1: the, I think a lot a bit. lot of rugby players have ended up liking it. I think a lot of people like stuff on Instagram without really thinking. They just see something from the mate and they think, "Oh shit! If I don't yeah. like it, you'll yeah. think I've fallen out with him." So I think there's there's a bit of that going on. Um,
0: but the fact that he's been challenged on it.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean the other people. Lots of people, yeah, yeah, lots yeah, of people yeah. have liked it, but I'm not sure they necessarily agree with it. I think that's just a a, a weird politeness on Instagram thing. To address yeah. the Billy thing, he felt he felt the need to come out and defend somebody yeah, and from I his have, community. I suppose, and, I and somebody he,
0: from it. Come on, he's he's badly trying to sort of explain. Christian belief in a.
1: And how it's so important to them. He can't And just he's change trying to it. Not yeah. to be
0: confrontational with it. But the problem is that in doing so, he's indicated quite explicitly that he thinks that homosexuality and, is wrong, which is a problem. And it doesn't
1: automatically make somebody a terrible
0: person. No. We've,
1: we've spent time with Billy. I like think him a lot. Nick yeah. Heath, you know, who's been brilliant this week, going round. Right, you know, he's he was a gay, would we'll be commentator, who's been going around doing interviews about this and was very forthright in his own video about it. And again, he said the same thing, met Billy, lovely guy, really nice, really warm. You know, it's not a kind of personal thing. It's just, and I can see where Billy was desperately trying to sort of say, look, people don't, please don't get upset. I'm just trying to say to you, we were all brought up with this. and yeah, It's very important to understand where we've come from and how it's part of our culture and community.
0: Um, and that's why I thought it was very interesting, Dan Leo, uh, head of Pacific Rugby Players hmm. Association and former Irish, Welsh, and various other uh, clubs player. He, he made this sort of depressing point in that him sort of... <laughs>
1: <laughs> we never <laughs> wanted this anyway. <laughs> we
0: never, Yeah, the reason that so many Pacific Island players such as Falau, Billy, Vinopola, scores of others have this strong Pentecostal Christian belief is that a few hundred years ago, a bunch of fucking European missionaries turn up, go over there and effectively force them to convert so, the point yeah. of a rifle. It's depressing from a great things that the british empire did once again fucking stakes but it's instructional because as he said you know as he went on to say like the church is the focal point of the vast majority of island communities and the main place that they get information and education and equally one thing that he didn't sort of point out but something that i think is equally important is that when islanders move to other places be it europe australia new zealand whatever they gravitate towards the church as mm. the sort of place that's the focal point of the their anchor life.
1: Anchor point, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Well, you only have to look at like the Falatows and the Vunapolas, the Tongan embassy in mm. in Ebervale, where Cooley Falatow's house basically became the centre of the Tongan community in South Wales and the West because Cooley was effectively their pastor mm. and so effectively the head of the community, like. Like, I'm not going to make any assumptions about any other Pacific Islanders playing all over the world because obviously everyone's faith and belief is unique to them. But regardless of how dogmatic Christianity tries to be, it it raises an uncomfortable question for rugby, this whole thing. Because, you, you know, Billy was booed every single time he touched the ball at Bristol on Saturday, which was quite a fucking remarkable thing to see, to be honest. And to be honest, a credit to the Bristol crowd in a way because they felt strongly enough about, you know... Billy's homophobic remarks that they made him aware of it in the game vocally, mm. but it's it's a a worrying thing for rugby when one of England's most high profile players is getting that kind of reception. And and it suggests
1: com- it suggests about there's something about how much the point I think you're making, which is about mm. how how many of these Pacific Island players will yeah, hold this view, com- and and not just Pacific Island players. Frankly, I'm sure there's other. Yeah. Christians people of different religions who may hold this same view uh, because they think that's what God's told them to say and God always speaks the truth um, it's going to be interesting to see how much they're willing to lose
0: yeah and it's 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 what especially as like you know how common yeah we don't know how common and widespread these views are like you said there were plenty of fellow pro players who liked that post aside from Vunapola we don't mm. know whether that was a sort of politeness thing or a strong agreement thing, but yeah. it's so clearly at odds with what certainly the majority of fans in Europe and in Australia and in New Zealand think and also what and also the what, this, their what, employers, yeah, what, what their what employers consider acceptable. Yeah.
1: And the thing is people pretend that this is a new thing. You know, brands have been incredibly yeah. protective of their brand for years. I remember when I worked yeah. in financial services back in the nineties when this was becoming a really big thing. We had a brand department. It was a guy in a ponytail and a woman. And everything <laughs> had to go through them. Anything, any leaflet, any, anything yeah. you wanted to do, I had to go through. It was a fucking massive company, but had this one guy because it was quite in his infancy then. But that now, brand protection yeah. thing, and the internet in particular made it huge as well. This yeah, is, not, now, new, this now is now. not new news yeah. that brands There's- are fiercely protective of what your actions will say about them.
0: Yeah, and, and let's not forget that you know if rumor is to be believed, Contus basically said, if you do not fire fall out immediately, we will not we the tight the primary sponsor, the title sponsor of the Wallabies will not be renewing our deal. Um, hey, and remember, Tiger Woods had to go on and do a groveling apology because he
1: got a bit pissed and shagged a few women. Yeah. You know, and then you know, I'm not saying that was great behaviour, but the no. point is that was, you know, human behaviour, I suppose, and kind of however the sponsors are like, You're fucking our brand up here, pal. Yeah. So imagine if he'd done that, shagged a few, got pissed, shagged with and then come out and said, I don't like gay people either, I think, and they're probably going to hell.
0: <laughs> that, but that's the thing, you know, these, when people talk about, like, you know, they talk oh, about I'm sorry, he loves gay
1: people, he just thinks they're going to hell. Yeah, you know, yeah It's yeah. very important you understand that point, it's apparently. But.
0: <laughs> but it's interesting that, like, people don't sort of realise that, like, the whole sponsorship thing is very much a two-way street. They're not just sponsoring it because you they want to look good by you know they are sponsoring it because they want you to make them look better mm. but the second that it goes the other way and you make them look worse that's the end of it and yeah i i really i want like you say i wonder how far this will go because sarri's released a statement just before we came on air um at least one yesterday,
1: didn't they say we'll handle yeah. this internally? So this is this a new statement
0: then? Is they've, it? they've released, and um, basically they said that uh, the quote is that Billy's made a serious error in judgment sharing his opinion, which is inconsistent with the values of the club and contravenes his contractual obligations, um, basically, and basically said he will not do it again. And to be honest with you, that kind of makes it worse for me because in in Sarri's statement there, they're effectively saying we don't care what he thinks behind closed doors. He just shouldn't have said it publicly. And I get that. You can't go around telling people what to think.
1: Yeah, there's no there's no other way to do it. Otherwise, no. Yeah. However, but if it you would also around... be wrong
0: to do it any other way. People can think what they like. Yeah, they can think. But well, what I would like to see, you know, if we're going to move on from this, and if we're going to, you know, if we don't want this to continue to be an issue, when like, fair enough, you can believe whatever you want when you're not going around shouting about it, and like that's fine. But when you do go around shout about it, I feel like. Rugby needs to be a little bit more than keep it to yourself in future, all right? Because it's out there now. You can't put that can of worms back in. And I'm reminded, Scott Hastings, whose son, um, Cory's gay, obviously, uh, yeah. said on Twitter, I think to Nick Keith actually, that Billy needs to understand the hurt that his words and his attitude cause. And I kind of hope that the RFU and Saris take that on board. Like, don't just hit it, wrap him on the wrists and say, don't fucking say that again, mate. Just yeah. encourage him to meet with you know, rugby has got well, know, it, it comparative... needs to not just be another fucking rainbow laces day, doesn't it? Yeah. Well it's it's, it's like why don't why aren't we encu- yeah, is Billy gonna be wearing fucking rainbow laces next year? That's I it. mean there's
1: wider there's wider issues here as well. Let's not forget that you know, world rugby, you know, takes the sevens to Dubai and the UAE, it takes yeah. sevens to Singapore, where it's still illegal to be gay and yet preaches inclusion. You know that the, there's the, this is not just to be fair this is not just Billy's, Israel's and Israel Falah not not any other Israel, um <laughs> that, and you know, that's, uh, that, that's, that's that's definitely somewhere <laughs> we're not going um and you know and and I hate to use the term Pacific Islanders because I you know I hate to group them all because they're all fundamentalist no. Christians of course they're fucking you not know. some of them probably don't believe some do I? I don't know but you know it's kind of but the point is it's not just their issue and actually having a go at these individuals then when you well and if I was Billy I'd go hang on a minute yeah. You know, if by keeping them keeping Falau employed after the second strike condones what he does, what are World Rugby doing by going to a country like Singapore?
0: Well, it's it's interesting that isn't it? But you but then you look at the flip well not the flip side of it but like how many like rugby is uncommonly blessed with visible members of its fraternity who are openly gay. Yep. Alfie. Yeah, it's true. Nick Heath, Sam Stanley, there's, you know, people who are involved in rugby in so many different ways, like, why is the first sort of thing, just the first sort of reaction here to, all right, mate, believe what you want, but just keep it to yourself, instead of, please yeah. don't say these things publicly anymore. We'd like to set up some meetings with you with people like Gareth Thomas, like Nigel mm. Owens, mm. like Nick Heath, like Sam Stanley, to explain to you why... It's kind of re- restore,
1: well, like not, a restorative justice type thing, you know. Well, yeah, just...
0: Let them tell you try. how it made them feel. Yeah. Well, it's the classic thing about, like, hooliganism. of like, And, you know, the thing that they say about, like, race, you know, kicking racists out of football grounds or whatever. It's like, you can throw the bloke that sort of says someone's, you know, uses the N-word hmm. out of the ground and ban him for life. But his mates are all still there. And... Yeah, He'll still be a racist when he's outside the ground. And his kid will probably be a racist as well because he'll have been brought up in that. And, like, it's sort of... I don't believe in the sort of, like, we should always, you know, we should always just work with people. And, you know, Falau's, Falau's shown that he's not prepared to moderate himself. Well, they gave
1: him a year uh, to moderate, didn't
0: they? Yeah, and he didn't. And and, But with someone like Billy, it's just like... And with anybody else who sort of comes a cropper like this... I just, I honestly feel like there's no, it's it's pointless just saying don't do that again, without sort of explaining why, and not just this is wrong, because ultimately, you know, Billy feels like his religion's being attacked, like gay people feel like they're being attacked by Billy's religion, and ultimately the best way forward in all this is for us to just maybe come together and try and develop some sort of mutual understanding. And and that's kind of the only way I can see out of it, really.
1: Yeah, because you're going you're only gonna get somewhere if you, by consent, change people's minds.
0: Yeah, because if you just force, i And not some people, people into... shouldn't
1: lose the job because they should because it's wrong what they've yeah. done. But you know, the the the, the bigger problems aren't going to be solved by, that whole consent and mind changing thing.
0: Yeah. Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure. Stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing.
1: Whether it's cancelled plans...
0: Get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection.
1: So, that's probably that, isn't it? You know, so, well, shall, shall we talk about the weekend?
0: Yes. Uh, because in the
1: middle of all this, some rugby broke some out.
0: Rugby yes. Um, it was a good weekend to be playing a Champions Cup quarter-finalist, wasn't it? Wasn't it just? Uh, yeah, Leinster and Sarries both lost. Uh, Munster were given a bit of a scare by Treviso, and um, well, to lose beat Claremont in a classic, but still, Exeter, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lots Those of teams, teams...
1: didn't go. Obviously, not quite finals, but lots of teams went uh, went the wrong way. In fact, the only Premiership game that went the way I thought it would this weekend was was mm. Gloucester Bath.
0: Yes, and even and even then, right, that was after like a bit of madness. Mad. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was nice of Glasgow to show that there's, there's a limit to Leinster's ability to put out an understrength team in the Pro 14 and still win. If I um, get
1: horsed, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, to be honest with you, that game was very tight until quite near the end. Um, but, you know, that bonus point win puts Glasgow, uh, the RDS puts Glasgow firmly in the driving seat at the top of Conference 8. Um And, yeah, to be honest with you, like, like that... Leinster losing their big impact on Glasgow's season, and Sarries losing away to Bristol, you know, sending a team missing many of the big names, admittedly, um, and giving the Bears what might be the points they need to sort of secure their premiership. This is still not done and dusted, but I don't, I'm
1: not so sure Newcastle will recover from Friday.
0: It'd be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, you it. never
1: know, but I don't know. It's just something.
0: It oh. felt bad, didn't it? <clears throat>
1: Yeah, I mean Newcastle. Honestly, they should be <clears throat> they should be kicking themselves repeatedly, point blank in the bollocks. For, yeah, for that. Well, which is kind of what they did on Friday. I mean, which is, it they, is a bit. They, they, they absolutely... take nothing away from Leicester and they're grinding out. And Guy Thompson, who was after us yes. saying last week, he looks all right. He's not a great player. He yeah. fucking went and did yeah.
0: that. He got himself a top knot, and all of a sudden, world
1: changes. He's really <laughs> not very big, is he? I no. think if he was about three inches taller and about what a few. 10 kilos heavier. Yeah. He would, be, people would be having a very different conversation about Guy Thompson. <laughs> they
0: absolutely would. I mean, basically it means, you know, that Mike Ford is the greatest coach in the history of coaches. Cause you know, he's been there like what, five days and all of a sudden less. You see at, that,
1: um, yeah. that try that Gonavar that, that step, that phone box step that gone, how was somebody that big oh, and that outrageous. old able to move Honestly, like that? Honestly,
0: that, that
1: But did try... you see how terrible George Ford's effort at a tackle was? I mean, I know he got fended, but this—you should never put yeah. yourself in a position to get fended like that. When you're effectively cut, crossing a field to tackle like that, that's a classic. Yeah. Just dive should, and
0: tackle. Yeah, just throw yourself at him. Yeah. he won't fend you off if you're when in midair. You're a human air missile. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, so that's
0: um, I mean, the reality is, though, you know, Leicester have probably saved fine. themselves there.
1: Yeah, and and, and they I they thought won, this would be not a comfortable Newcastle win, but I thought the win. I thought Newcastle Leicester would play. win. And even with the, you know, going 13 points down in the first fucking 10 minutes, whatever it was, they still managed yeah. to come back and should have won it.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and they had interceptions being thrown.
0: Over and over again, didn't they? And you know, losing that line out at the end was just, it's that sort of body blow. That when, they, when they fucked up that line out at the end, yes. it was just like, that's the sort of moment that, like you say, you, they don't recover from. That you that haunts you when you're looking at the fixture list for next season and you're seeing Nottingham and Cornish Pirates and train, Trail Trailfinders instead of that's Saracen's the Mark Hughes Lester. last minute
1: equaliser volley at Wembley, which yeah. was 25 years ago this week actually <laughs> for against old those like, you don't know she does and I and I joke about this and I've said it many times before but if you slow down the tape and rewatch that YouTube and slow it down. You can actually see Oldham's souls drop out of their shorts when that ball goes in. <laughs> we had the most horrendous running. I mean, by the end of it, we're running through treacle. And I think there might be, I'm only mentioning it because I think there's something about that about Newcastle now. I mm-hmm. do think there's something about, you know, I, had a sort I, of mini they'll revive. keep fighting, of course they will, but I think there's something where humanity kind of takes over. and You just think, you know, the human nature is a bit like, it's oh, boys.
0: Yeah. there's three teams above us.
1: And we're seven points behind now.
0: Yeah. And they're all winning, you know. When when the the team that everyone expected you to be in the battle with is beating Saracens at home. <laughs>
1: and And Worcester are fucking absolutely horse in sale.
0: Yeah. And you're losing to Leicester at home. It's just yeah. I you feel like that might be the moment that the back was yeah. They've not been good this season. Less, you know. No, but they, no, They had a little mini revival there for a little while, and it felt like they might be able to claw themselves out of it. But I wonder how. It's still not over, you know. No, it's not, but it is. They can... <laughs> <laughs> It is, Isn't but it is? It is exactly it? Yeah. I, I as you say, the hu- mathematically it's not done. No, from a human perspective, I'll be very surprised if they. I, I, I did
1: enjoy. Or did I enjoy Did I, I'm not sure I did, but I did on some way because of the shit shithousing of it. I enjoyed George Ford having a read of a book waiting to take that final conversion that they, they took. You know, it took it me a while to work out what was going on. I was like, yeah. what the fuck's he doing? Is he, Is he waiting for a TMO, really? No, the clock's still going. Hang on a minute. I don't understand. Oh, right. I get it now. Oh, just Duncan being... Weir did something similar actually earlier this season. I, I was reminded by somebody, so it's not just Leicester being shit. It's something that people no, it's, do. It, it... and the thing is, you've got to set a time frame, and people are going to work to it, aren't they? There's only there's nothing course, you can do about
0: yeah. it. You know, it's it's just one of those things where if you're on the wrong end of it, it's the most annoying thing. But, uh, yeah, and it's no
1: worse than collapsing a scrum repeatedly and, no. you know, and taking ages to set your scrum, and which is what happens as well. So it's it's exactly yeah. the same. Um, we mentioned Gloucester Bath before. I mean, Cipriani's continued form and his continued absence from from it's uh, the international stage is kind of like a, a long running abstract art piece now. It's sort of yeah, like it's, 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 it's like a Banksy that's been painted in shit on Twickenham's West Stand, <laughs> isn't it? Basically,
0: <laughs> it is starting to have a sort of yeah, a, a performance theatre vibe about it. You <laughs> yeah, know, it's just. Because he's He's playing so well. So, so
1: well. And he can do so many things other people can't do. (laughs) And there's nothing in the thing with him as well. There's nothing about, you know, you you say, well, fine, we'll swing to the other end of the spectrum because he's terrible at X and he's terrible at X. He's not that either. He's not really terrible at anything. No, he's perfectly solid at the kind of dull stuff. And yet he can then do the other stuff. The party horn end is is perfectly (laughs) functional, you know.
0: The party horn end is perfectly functional, should 100% be what this podcast is called. Yeah, just make a note of that Uh, one, yeah. (laughs) But it's, it's, yeah, he was incandescently brilliant. I think you'll Uh, find the
1: party horn end will be quite operational (laughs) when your friends arrive, yeah.
0: Yeah, he was incandescently brilliant, again, as he has been all fucking season. And once again, as soon as he is in a Gloucester team, Gloucester look twice as good. You know what, and... I
1: wouldn't mind if he had somebody really dull in front of him. It's the fact yeah. that he's got Ford in front of him, who is yeah. not dissimilar a player, is he? Yeah. But he's, he's quite clearly not as good as him.
0: Well, Ford is basically him, but smaller and not as good. <laughs> and like, Ford is having a perfectly respectable tail end of his season. Yeah, and he's a good player. I'm not trying to say he isn't. It's yeah, just, uh... but Danny Cipriani's a better player. Hmm. But I don't know. There's just there's something about Danny Cipriani's personality that has alienated generations of England coaches. And realistically, it's too late for him to know. <laughs> like, there's no, you know, whoever replaces Eddie Jones isn't going to make fucking Danny Cipriani the fulcrum of his England team. I, because... I'd like to
1: think that it's 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 pro Northern discrimination, and I'm all for it, quite frankly. There's been too much of the other side for years. Sorry, you can't play ring yeah. unless you're a What's Northerner. You're from,
0: you're from below Watford. Get fucked. Yeah,
1: not a chance, pal. <laughs>
0: have you ever. Have you Anyone any from Stoke league Down league? is ruled out. Have you got any rugby league pedigree? You haven't. <laughs> Fuck off.
1: Yes, finally, the elites are taking notice. <laughs> um, what else What I got for the weekend? There will be Prem teams in the Big Cup next year. Yeah. in the big Champions Cup next year who've lost half of their league matches
0: <laughs> there'll be teams and they will be and then when it doesn't teams.
1: go well it'll be Ireland's fault won't it or so yeah. the Pro teams'
0: fault absolutely no business being in there really <laughs> yeah, none uh, whatsoever no, no. Um, yeah because Wasps are back baby like yes it's hard not to feel like Di deserved that like he's had they've been so bad this season Kind of, and it kind of felt like through no fault of his <laughs>
1: I, I just were, been doing the same as i always do but <laughs> yeah
0: like he felt like it felt more like they weren't doing what they were told than he was telling them wrong <laughs> yes. and maybe that's just my natural bias. die that's, bias. that's your yeah.
1: abadair bias coming in yeah
0: <laughs> but yeah getting a win like that bonus point at sandy park first time they've ever won in the league there it's just a nice tonic to what's been a shit season for him and yeah It's just a shame that the player doing most of the damage for him is going to be playing for Bristol next year because he could say, well, that's something we can build on for next season. But no, that guy who's making everything happen, he's off. And the (laughs) other guy who's making everything happen, he's off. And that other guy, yeah, he's off as well. Still.
1: Tell you what I love is Liam Sokwo Anger. Before every place he goes, he's going. So I'm here now. What do I do here? What's good to do? I'm in Exeter. What's good to do in Exeter? Hello, I'm in London. What's good to do here? Hello, I'm in Ireland. Oh shit! They don't take pounds.
0: (laughs) It's it's that with. I mean, the the fact is there is only two answers to that question because he's a professional rugby player. (laughs) Yeah, go and get a coffee. Go go and get a coffee. (laughs) and play some fucking rugby, mate. <laughs> yeah, you've literally got about three
1: hours till yeah. kick-off. What yeah. do you think you're, you're going to do? You're not here for sightseeing. You're not going to go on a fucking coastal boat tour, are you?
0: <laughs> I, I would love that, though. Oh, I'm afraid <laughs> that Lima Sopaka is missing this game as he went on a coastal boat tour, and it's actually four hours long, <laughs> and he that missed kick <laughs> You won't put it
1: past him because I, I do think he is a little bit... I think he's feeling his way through it, shall we say. <laughs>
0: He's very much. a... I love him for it. He's completely. He's completely, unique, he's he's completely unassuming, soul. and I love yeah. it. But yeah, uh, so. he's got a. You know, for a man who you know lived in, you know, a lot a decent sized city in New Zealand, he has the a very big sort of. Mr. Smith goes to Washington, vibe about him. Do you He's the, just like amazed. You know, they do those like
1: it? Jeep, and then people take part in those GPS studies and it shows you where you go, and people just go to work and back like 80% <laughs> of the time. That must have been him. You, I reckon when he lived yeah. in that big city in New Zealand, he was just going to the ground and back. <laughs> and obviously, in the way ground, he just got on a bus. So it's just. But Imagine now. You never know. He well, might he have just... been sitting, he might be been sitting, you oh, what? I'm in Dunedin. What's good to do here? Sort of thing.
0: <laughs> but that's, yeah, maybe like. I mean, Wellington is... Is Wellington the biggest city in New Zealand? Don't know. Or is it one of the biggest? It'll be down or Auckland, won't it? It's I the capital, thought, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But, like, you know, I guess that, like, by contrast, you know, you know, London's big. But Exeter, I mean, come on. What's there to do in Exeter? Get a terrible haircut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, well, he, that, he'd be well up for that beard cut yeah. his beard trim would be right oh, honestly
0: there. Uh, Lima Sopoga's beard is Lays
1: remarkable. he, he lasers it uh, I reckon
0: fascinated by it the tightness of it the depth yeah. of it and yet the it's just remarkable stuff uh,
1: yeah so what else were we talking about yeah so we, we've covered that which is which is the fact there'll be shit British <laughs> teams next year they won't yeah. go English um, teams only, they won't go well yeah
0: Pro fourteen still has a bad refereeing problem, i.e. it's referees are bad.
1: <laughs> uh well. When, yeah, when, so.
0: when a game's decided by seven points or less and the TMO gets a call so badly wrong as they did for Jason Harris's try, and let's yeah. call it what it was. Yeah. It was a try. Things,
1: I don't think it was a conspiracy, right? But when you no, look no, at no. that, you can't you know, you mind has to grope for reasons why it's not been really given.
0: Let's think, it's, it's, the fact it was an Irish TMO giving a scandalous call to an Irish team that confirms Connacht's place in the in the Champions Cup next season, hmm. it brings out the conspiracy theorists en masse. And the reality is they're not corrupt. They're just bad no. at their jobs. No. If they were corrupt, they'd be a hell of a lot better and, at doing and it. In
1: real-time poor decisions, you can think, ah, you know, happens, doesn't it? But sometimes you get a cluster that don't go for you. Absolutely, but that one's yeah. just so weird because... Nobody that I know has watched it and gone. There's also a benefit of the doubt thing, isn't it? If you've made that much of yeah. an effort for an attacking side and stuff like that,
0: yeah. I've, I mean, it's, it's it's you know, and it's it's made a huge difference on the makeup of both Connacht and Cardiff seasons. Because hmm. Connacht, as you say, now they're in the playoffs; they're guaranteed a Champions Cup place next season. All four Irish teams are now guaranteed a Champions Cup place. Hmm. Cardiff now need to. If they don't beat the Ospreys um, at Judgment Day, they will either not be in the Champions Cup at all or they will have to play off against probably the Scarlets to get in there. And, you know, that's totally flipped it on its head from when they were basically cruising towards a comfortable Champions Cup place last year and last a couple of weeks ago, rather. Mm. And it's, it's hard to understand how This has been going on for so long, and the Pro Fourteen still can't get enough fucking decent referees to make them a neutral and b not shit. And if they're going to be shit, I mean, it's not you know
1: in in terms of criteria, it's not it's not a complex one, is it? Can you just be neutral and not shit?
0: Yeah, or we'll work with you on the rest. We'll work with you on the rest of it. Even be quite shit and neutral. At least take away the fucking. The hideous feeling of like, is there something going on here? Which is obviously there's not, because it would be silly if it was. But why are Scotland that... producing refs? It's weird. They do they've have really a got... thriving, you know. Yeah.
1: You it know, doesn't make game. And all refs come up through the amateur ranks, don't they? There's yeah. enough games got going two, on. They've got two refs, and one of those refs is from Ulster. Yeah, it's. I mean, you imagine it's a tighter fight. It's a harder fight in Italy, but
0: yeah. And even they've got Marius Matraya, who honestly, when Joy Neville was having to be Marius Mattreya's assistant on the weekend, I can't even remember what game it was, and was sitting watching him, you know, <laughs> throwing his diarrhoea go on, for
1: a, diarrhea go all on over for the about go on
0: yeah. for about fifteen minutes about a, a decision and then got it wrong, and she's just sort of standing next to him as he's fucking prevaricating and sort of just a look on her face just like can you just fucking get on with it and get it right next time yeah yeah honestly it's 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 such a problem and it's so frustrating as a and we've talked
1: about it for so long
0: we won't, it we so won't long. do it again, again now but keep uh... bored of it so next season can we just not
1: anything else on the weekend that you want to draw to mine no. or the listeners I, attention
0: I think that's fine
1: now, let's move on to the, um, Rich got in touch for Shit Good, mm. and lots of people have mentioned this. Now, obviously, with the Billy thing, which we've talked about, Bristol played It's Raining Men. Yes. At full time. Yeah. Uh, obvious, for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> I enjoyed that, Yeah, by fair way. play. I mean, you, you know, Bristol, I imagine it's the same guy does the Bristol social media account, Twitter account, yes. you know, or, or lady, but it, yeah, it's funny. Um. So I just thought we got we got to thinking: are there any games? What other what songs could have been played at the end of other games this weekend? Mm. Uh, I, I came up with a couple.
0: Yeah, "Baby, I Die for You" and that's the truth at the end of uh, Wasps' Exeter, obviously.
1: <laughs> uh, Scarlet versus Zebra, you could play "Shitlist" by L Seven, <laughs> especially for Zebra. Fuck me! Yeah,
0: they were terrible.
1: <laughs> After Cardiff's, you know, terrible TMO thing, which we just talked about, "Sympathy for mm-hmm. the Devil" could have been played.
0: Because uh, yeah, you know yeah,
1: Cardiff yeah. is the devil at the end of the day, Rug- and yeah. rugby-wise, they were the Leicester of rugby, weren't they, for years? They were. When, they were, they, when were. they were Cardiff RFC, no fucker liked yeah. them apart from <laughs> Cardiff fans. And I think it's that's been that's one thing that regional rugby's done, which people don't talk enough about. People yeah. don't hate Cardiff enough anymore.
0: Yeah, not nearly as much as they used to. Although we do still hate Cardiff.
1: Yes. Newcastle Leicester take it to the limit by the Eagles.
0: Very nice. Yes.
1: High bit by Radney Meisner That's what you want. <laughs> Trying to hit that fucker. Um, <laughs> Uh, Cheetah's Dragons yeah For the Dragons The Longest Time by Billy Joel
0: The Long and Winding Road The and un- Winding Road that leads, that leads to, to fucking away nowhere yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> that leads to a wall with your shit written on it so let us know what do you think listeners have you got any ones yeah. that you think should be playing at the end of, of, yeah. of, of games that are club related. Oh, well, so. If
0: you know, if you want, to, after a game finishes this weekend, you know, just Let send in know, your yeah. Submissions yeah. for uh, a, a suitable theme song for that game. So we've done Shibal
1: songs with some crackers for that last week. Oh, by the way, thank you very one. much for those suggestions. Yes. Let's do you know game end songs. Think yeah. of a better hashtag though. Don't use that yeah. one.
0: Yeah, don't use that.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another thing that got a bit of traction on Twitter this week was I mentioned who would win in a massive fight mm. between the Premiership coaches. Yes. The, the, no. Sorry, the Guinness. Fucking hell, the Gallagher Premiership. I don't know what Gallagher is, but the Gallagher Premiership coaches. No,
0: me either. Um, What's yeah. your take on this one?
1: Thank you to it's everybody who suggested, I mean, by the way. All,
0: I think you've got to rule some people out straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Like Jordan Murphy and Mark McCall, backs. Yeah, but like, some
1: people say McCall's got the shit shithouse look about him. He could yeah, like do if some... You're, if you're
0: if you're back, you're not getting punchy on the reg, are you? Yeah. You know, like I just, and Alan Solomons and Chris Boyd also probably need to be. Careful. I have a vision
1: of Jordan Murphy being like Brick Tamland in the newscasters <laughs> fights. You know what I mean? <laughs> just a bit clueless. Where's he got a hand grenade
0: from? do <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> But you look at Alan Solomons is like a hundred years old. <laughs> yes, he is. And he's, he's self- as old as Solomon. Yeah. So, for safety reasons. No. Uh, Chris Boyd just looks really nice, and he's an old, he's an old, and he's guy. quite old as yeah. well. Um, and I, to be honest, I look at Rob Baxter and I just think you're too nice. You yeah. Are. Well, somebody came back to me and said, "Did
1: you see Rob Baxter play?" And I said, "You know what? I didn't." If Robbins no. was on, he could he could uh, informers
0: of this because he knew him, didn't he? Yeah. But it apparently just he wasn't. Like yeah. he's got the killer instinct to me. No, I know but what I mean, I do feel like that leaves us with quite an interesting sort of pool. You got Pat Lamb, yeah, Scrappy. Pet. but tenacious, probably likes to take the fight to the floor. You know, uh, you've got Todd Blackadder, who I think is a bit of a dark horse. You know, he's quietly sort of, he's very casual. Technical. He's very Strategies. Calm. He it won't makes... start, he won't start a fight, but he knows how to finish one. Yes. You know? He won't and get also, emotionally involved. Also, he's massive. He's like six foot four and fucking 18 stone. Sounds like suitcases. He's a, he's a big bloke. Um, Gustard. Psychopath, yeah. obviously wiry and a bastard, um,
1: wolf spirit, all that.
0: Yeah, Dean Richards, shit house, will do anything to win, obviously. Like
1: and get away with it because he's next. Can get away with
0: it. Um, Diamond, like mouthy, you know, he's probably going to give you a dig in the kidneys, and he'll enjoy it.
1: He'd be at the eye. He'd be he'd be fish hooking you and everything. Damn. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, Johan Ackerman, who I think is probably the bookie's favourite in all this. Yeah, despite
1: just that genial smile he has. Yeah, the eyes. Look at the eyes. Look, Look at the, at the eyes. eyes.
0: He genuinely loves hurting people.
1: <laughs> and don't you forget, can... he played in that South Africa game against England when basically South Africa just tried to kill everything that moved.
0: Yeah, and he was in like a pig in shit. In that. <laughs> um, and then finally, you got Da Young, who I feel like he's a pacifist at heart. Like, he's not a naturally violent man. But... You can't hide from the fact that he's like six foot two. He's probably twenty two stone now. Easy. <laughs> but underneath and it And he all, was surprisingly mobile. He's just a remarkable athlete underneath it all. I can see him basically being very slow to rile up, but once he's done, just a fine paste is all that's left. Just a dizzying blur of physical violence. So yeah, my money's on die. Well, I thought about this and I thought I thought that we could do it.
1: WWE Royal Rumble oh, oh, style.
0: That will appeal to a remarkably large number of our readers. Well, won't it? A readers, so it?
1: And I'm with you. I think there has to be the first people into the ring would have to be the little lads. So like yeah. McCall would come in, would yeah. start with Solomon's, and McCall will like throw a Werther's Orig- original into the crowd, and <laughs> Solomon's will instinctively run after it because he's such an old man. Um, and then McCall will tell Jordan Murphy that this is an island game. So he'll instinctively leave the ring to sit on the bench outside. Yes. So he, yeah. that's him lost. He's um, out. Yeah. McCall might have a bit of a wrestle with Boyd, but he'll tell him that Courtney Laws is on Instagram again, and Boyd will run off to go and speak to the PR team about <laughs> something. So he's gone. This, yeah. So you've got McCall left out of this. So then Go West starts playing. Hello. And Baxter comes in. Yeah. We can see McCall is loosening like a, the, the buckles on the ropes because he's a shit. Yeah. You know, Baxter comes <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah, he brings a massive fist down, massive farmer fist down the top of McCall's head.
0: <laughs> Proper, but as but Three McC- Stooge's style, yeah. Thing. But as yeah.
1: McCall goes down, he legs up Baxter,
0: oh, of he, he then hits yeah. the
1: ropes, and that, that that top rope falls away because of the shithouseery. Yeah, but Baxter manages to just hang on. At which point, huge howl goes up. Oh, <laughs> Werewolves Uh-oh. of London starts Uh-oh. playing. Gustard struts towards the ring, stripped to the waist. Obviously. He executes a super fast out to win clothesline to Baxter. Stands yeah. there howling. But as he's doing that, McCall ties his laces together. Cause shit out.
0: Yeah.
1: Ackerman comes in chewing on a fish finger. With that smile of his eyes ah, fucking demented. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: McCall tweaks his nipple. Ackerman goes to the full goes full rope return. And on the way back, McCall moves. Ackerman flies into Gustard, boots are tied together, Gustard's out. Quite quick.
0: Instantly.
1: Yeah, yeah. Baxter McCall and Ackerman are lefty eye each other. At which point, over the tanoi, we hear...
0: <laughs>
1: Die's walking in.
0: Yeah.
1: Picture this. Dye's got a black one-shoulder strap leotard on. Oh, big
0: show big style. Big show style,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> carrying a massive... <laughs> carrying a massive, massive, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan-style plank, but it's a love
0: spoon. Yeah. Oh, see, so that's a lovely touch. Lovely touch, isn't it? Yeah.
1: He climbs in the ring, they're all eyeing him, and he just stands in the corner in silence, occasionally pointing <laughs> at people with his love spoon. <laughs> Baxter runs at him, bounces off, yeah, obviously, McCall, yeah. and while Baxter's on the face, McCall squats down and rubs his, like, crotch onto Baxter's face, because he's obviously. a shit-ass. Yeah. Yeah. Die doesn't, he's not bothered with this. No. Baxter's fuming now, he grips McCall, lifts him over his head, Ackerman spies his chance, Takes them both down. Ackerman's climbing to the top rope as Blackadder enters, carrying a clipboard and making some notes. But the moment <laughs> he steps into the ring, Di immediately twats him so hard a love spoon he flips backwards over the rope and he's out beautiful, straight away.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Because
1: there's no time for thinking in no, this game, son.
0: No, you've got to react.
1: Ackerman's landed on Baxter from the top rope, and Baxter's having a rough time of this so far. You'll have noticed. I noticed that, yeah. <laughs> McCall is quietly prowling, being a bit thinking of his next shithouse move. Him and Ackerman start dragging Baxter out of the way, but it's blocked. They try and get to the ropes, but it's black because Pat Lamb's just arrived.
0: We yellow.
1: He immediately goes into a complex, incredibly complex attack. (laughs) But it has the effect.
0: Is he (laughs) benching off all four ropes? Loads of angles and everything, but it has the effect momentum and nobody knows what. Yeah.
1: It has the effect of leaving his chin wide open. Ah. So that that means that there's a, 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 a McCall executes Ooh. a flying upwards headbutt to him. Of
0: course he does. He's on the floor. Yeah.
1: Shine on you crazy diamond starts playing. Hello. <laughs> Dimes enters towards the ring, telling <laughs> as he's walking in, telling journalists to <laughs> telling them off for comedy effect, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he flies in. He shouts at the top of his voice, "We can't compete financially," and grabs McCall and launches him out of the ring. McCall's done.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Honest, I'm too, like, I, I thought I was worried that McCall was going to win the whole <laughs> no. thing. No, no, no. Uh, Ackerman and
1: Baxter are now working on <laughs> Die Together, who's standing there emotionless upright while they pound on his neck and face. <laughs> a huge bell sound goes up. Bong. Oh. And all eyes turn, and it's Dino, the last man to come in. <gasps> He's dressed as a Victorian policeman, slowly Obviously. walking towards yeah. the ring, yeah. blood already spilling from his mouth. yeah. He removes his helmet and heaves himself into the ring. So now we've got, we're down to Ackerman, Baxter, die, Dino, Lamb, Dimes. <sighs> Lamb's attacks are becoming increasingly more intricate to the point <laughs> at which he just simply starts spinning round and round and round and actually oh, cyclones no. himself over the top rope and out. I uh,
0: see, that was always going to happen, wasn't
1: it? Ackerman and Baxter throw die into Dimes. All right. Dimes stumbles backwards. Dino's waiting and uses his rolled up cape to leg him up and he's over the rope and out. Ackerman and Baxter and Die form a pack against Dino now. As he would, because he's be a honest. fucking copper and a oh, fucking. hell come on! Why wouldn't you? They move in. Die and Die and Baxter lift him high with all their yep. strength. Ackerman goes top rope. Perfect Doomsday device on him. <laughs> Dino then gets flipped over the rope. He's out. Yeah, Ackerman, Ackerman now is fucking fully wide eyed and stomping around the ring. Yeah. Imagine the smile's him gone stomping. now. The smile's gone. It's just the eyes yeah. and the yeah. stomping. Die remains inscrutable. Baxter's trying to get them all just to have a chat about it.
0: Oh, Ackerman says, about.
1: You can talk to my friend Payne. Clothesline. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Clotheslines him. <laughs> Down he goes. And down he goes, Baxter. Because he's Baxter, so he just gets back up. Ackerman does it again. This yeah. goes on for 12 minutes. <laughs> Baxter showing unfeasible levels of stamina, yeah, but little in the way of creativity. Die in the end, without saying a word, ends it with a love spoon and just twats him over the rope because he's had enough of this now. Yeah. So we're down to the final two. Ackerman it's, versus Die. This is the
0: final two that everyone really wants to see, isn't it? Let's be yeah.
1: honest. It's Ackerman versus Die. Ackerman's yep. chewing... Ackerman's now just spitting chewed fish finger remnants in, in wow. Di's face. The flakes are bouncing off Di's unchanging fizzog. Imagine the camera's <laughs> zoomed in now to this happening. Di quietly says, that's how it's going to be now, is it? We're going fucking old school, he says. He throws away his love spoon and strips out of his leotard completely so he's naked apart from his boots. Wow. Picture that. <laughs> Ackerman's thrown in that split second Die pounces clamps Obviously. Ackerman's ears and drags him towards the ropes Ackerman is now too frightened to use his hands to fight back in case he touches Di's junk
0: it's a remarkably good tactic good tactic it it. It. Yeah. out he goes cerebral
1: out he goes over the rope Di stood there slowly puts his leotard back on the crowd are going absolutely wild he holds up his love spoon for silence the crowd hushes he simply nods and he walks out.
0: Brilliant. And then he presumably takes on Leo Cullen in Money in the Bank. <laughs>
1: yes, it's Hell in a <laughs> Cell versus uh, Steve Hansen next. <laughs> that went on for ages. I do apologise.
0: You committed to it. And I, I not you. You know. Yeah. Uh, th- the end. Some of these people have paid good money to listen. Please, to this. good God, can you do shit good now? Says
1: everybody <laughs> listening because that's what we're going to finish with.
0: Yes. Um, What are we doing first? Should should we do shit? Because I've only got one shit. Okay. And it'll be quicker. Um, The shit is just the dragons. (laughs) Honestly, guys. Like, 44 fucking games without, in a way, winning. And they did it in remarkable bed-shitting fashion. They lost away at the uh, the cheetahs, for God's sake. Even the Ospreys beat them last week. The worst part is, right a half-time lead. They were a narrow one, but they had one. And then they... Somehow they shipped 28 points in the last 17 minutes. It's just so bad. So bad.
1: (laughs) we have to finish it like Simon Bates' our tune now. So that's where they are now. Dragons are (laughs) still married to the Pro 14. Things are not getting any better.
0: (laughs) And who's going to... Who do they think is going to come in and coach that? Lot Graham fucking Roundtree. Nah, is that the rumour? Is it apparently so? I mean, Sean's not going to go back there now, is he? He's got better, he's seen the inside of it, hasn't he? Yeah, (laughs) he's he's seen how that particular fetid sausage is. I worked at an
1: ice cream factory once, I'm not going back there. (laughs) Um, I did, I worked at Thayer's ice cream factory, really, in Mm. uh, in in Romney.
0: Shall I not have Thayer's ice cream anymore? No, I was only
1: joking. It was just shit. It was boring. But um, that was my first job. I moved to Cardiff after uni. and We borrowed a month's rent off my pet and my in-laws. And we had to start earning. And I went into the recruitment agency as a 22-year-old lab with a degree. And I said, I've got a degree. I've I've got a degree. And they went, have you really? Let me just add you to the fucking degree pile, shall we? Which is about 10 foot tall. And then went, I've got night shift in the ice cream factory. Will that do?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: There's the reality of the job market coming crashing down in your head like Di's love spoon. The, uh... Hey, what else got a shit? Tom Dare gets in touch on Twitter. Hello, mate. He says shit is Toulon, who lost mm. at second bottom Grenoble. He said it's almost like running a club with the patience of a spoiled child and throwing money at the problem when it's not working. Like a frustrated chimp hurling its own shit is not a recipe for success. See also Tigers Leicester. <laughs> Tigers comma Leicester.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not gone well for them this season, is it? But you know, it could be worse. Well, that that um reference
1: to a chimp. When mm. I worked at, when I used to do training with my job, and we used to have a venue in the middle of Chester Zoo, because during the they had these Chester Zoo ones, and and be training finish it at R three, and you could just go into the zoo, and I want to I want to sit in a chimp house because they're just endlessly fascinating, aren't they? Chimps and I was sat there, and they've got this big like tower thing with different levels. Picture that if you can, listeners, like you know, like a different, you know, like a climbing frame, but with like yeah. platforms. And this one, this one chimp kept lifting up some hay from the bottom level onto the next level up. And then as he was he or she was climbing up, the chimp that was sat up there kept pushing the hay back down. And he kept getting up there, looking at it, going, you could see his face thinking, where the fuck's that thing? And he went back down again. <laughs> And honestly, God, that went on for about 15 minutes and I sat and watched the whole fucking thing. It was the most funny thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Confused chimp, wondering where his hay was. And, and, also, there,
0: and therein lies Toulon season.
1: Therein? That's very much like what playing for Toulon is right now. Yep. Jamie Phillips gets in touch. Speaking of the Dragons, hello, Jamie. He gets in touch. He says, shit, is the Dragons setting a Pro 14 record? 44 league games on the road, without that a win? And on course to break the record held by the French club, Dax.
0: Do you know when the last time the Dragons won away was? In the league, we did this last week.
1: The last time they won away was in a Challenge Cup game.
0: Uh, yes, but in the league, the last time they won away was... It was, was before Bennett. we
1: started broadcasting, wasn't it? It
0: was, was Treviso. Was Actually, it was only three years ago. And it was the game where uh, the dragons got the. Managed cul- to. Yeah. yeah, it was CPC related. I'll leave oh, it at that. You got the cluster. Uh, see.
1: That's why it will always end up back with them. That's how we've given up yeah. on
0: it. It's basically their, their fucking thing, isn't it? I
1: also got the shit. Phil Jones gets in touch. He said <laughs> he sent me a picture of this. Did you see this? He said, the birthday card my grand sent me last yes. week. Yes. He said it appeared to be has- shit. He said it appeared to be Haskell in an England shirt. And it, I mean it, it's not, but it definitely is it's, if you don't know. What
0: it I mean. definitely it, it, it only, you know that James Haskell's got quite a unique shape. And his red scrum hat as well. And was a and red his scrum, hat. Scrum, scrum and it was a
1: quite blatantly an England shirt. Yeah. And it was like done in pencil drawing, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, he said, so my mum's got me this. It, it's it's I support Swansea RFC, the Ospreys, the Tigers and Wales. I also was turning forty six. <laughs> he said so, He said, but what is even more shit is that Gran managed to find this card in a shop in Neath.
0: It's that in itself is the most upsetting thing. Because <laughs> you can clearly see it's an England shit. Who's it's their in, buyer
1: for God's sake? Sack yeah. immediately.
0: <laughs> it looks to be honest you, it looks like that moment shortly before Haskell ran into a post. So if that's the reason, if that's <laughs> yeah. the reason that's been immortalised, then fair play. Actually,
1: when you open it, is it him like running face first into <laughs> yeah, a post?
0: Yeah, it's him sprawled underneath the
1: post. What else have we got? This shit here. D. Clark gets in touch. said, The shit is the, is the fallout situation within how many players are thumping homophobes. Yeah. He said, but good though is Michael Leach's responses to it. Yes. Yeah, good video that. Um, Grant Taylor gets in touch. he said shit is the Falcons for raising all of our hopes and royally shitting themselves against Leicester yes he said yeah, God, yeah. this is a good one he said but good he says my seven year old and his teammate doing a fortnight dance while an opponent ran past him to score in an under eights match at the weekend <laughs> he said the joy and insanity of kids rugby right there yeah brilliant but you see, if you follow some parents thinking they should be fucking bollocked and dropped and never yeah, be allowed to play rugby never, again. They
0: should never be allowed to play again. Obviously not.
1: John T up north gets in touch. He said um, his shit is Toby Flood having a pass intercepted versus Leicester in precisely the same way as he had a pass intercepted when we last played Leicester.
0: <laughs>
1: he it's, was all... I know he was actually... He had a head injury, didn't he, they reckon? Yeah,
0: there was no way he should have still been on the field. He
1: was doing a lot of fucking diving and bitching, though, wasn't he, as yeah. well? Yeah. It was pretty it was, awful to see.
0: Yeah, it it just wasn't... At no point did it was anything edifying going on with Toby Flood in that game, really, yeah. let's be honest. It was just... Have you got any more shit? Bad. No, I'm done with shit. Uh, I have some
1: goods, though. I've got some goods as well. Do you want to start with one?
0: Yeah, so uh, sort of following on from uh, what was just said, I thought good was the way that people like Joe Marler and TJ Perenara and Michael Leach and Jamal Ford Robinson kind of in a week where rugby has not covered itself in glory. uh, It was nice to see others in the game sort of putting their hands up for inclusivity, tolerance and a bit of decency and particularly Jamal Ford Robinson saying, go and watch your nearest, you know, inclusive rugby Mm. team this weekend. There was one in Chester started
1: recently actually, yeah.
0: And it's a really lovely idea. And yeah, you know, if you find yourself at a loose end this weekend, go do it. Um, Well, I've got a good.
1: Simon Hammersley. Mm, You know, I often joke about he's the greatest fullback in the world. And the thing is, he's not. But he is. He's the greatest he's the greatest Simon Hammersley type fullback in the he world.
0: He is peak Simon Hammersley, isn't he?
1: As Keith Moon he's said, like- I'm the best Keith Moon type drummer in the world. That's basically what Simon Hammersley is, <laughs> but as a fullback. He has the look and the gait of a warehouse packaging operative who's playing straight after his fourth twelve-hour night shift on the on the bounce, and yet he has this. I think somebody, somebody said in commentary, it never looks like he's going to make a line break. It looks like it's not even possible, and somehow he does. <laughs> and he never looks sweaty or muddy. <laughs>
0: That's just the thing. It's, it's sort of, it's kind of like on a much lower level. It's kind of like the Ben Smith's Ben from Accounts thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's, you know, it's like Ben Smith does not look like a professional rugby player. He looks like he should be, yeah, working in, accounts, in a bank yeah. or something. Yeah, or in accounts. And yet yeah, he's probably the best fullback in the world. Well, he is now that the... How he looks like
1: that. one of those lads who goes and gets your order when you got a builder's yard? You only fill a chit in and go, oh, I need, I need I 15 bags of sand, mate. Totally. And he looks like he has to go and get them. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. And he, and it, yeah, he just basically is the person that turns up with them on a pallet. <laughs> yeah.
1: Where yeah, do you want these,
0: mate? Yeah, where do you want these, mate? Yeah. And you go, oh, yeah, I'm just parked around the corner, actually. And he sort of rolls his eyes that you nah. haven't parked it out front. And he's got a fucking, yeah. He's got to move one contra- at a time. Yeah. Yeah, but well, he's a person who works in Curry's. But he whose picks up
1: two at to... once, while you're only picking up one. Despite his yeah. wiry frame, that's what.
0: Yeah, he's the person who works at Curry's, <laughs> whose job it is effectively to, you know, he his job is getting stuff from the back of the shop and bringing it to the front of the shop. That's his is full the full level of his responsibilities, but he does it very well.
1: But yeah, no, and as I was doing him down, he genuinely played really well. And I'm not joking, I'd love to have him in a team that I liked. Yeah. He's not an international player, but he's solid and he's people don't expect anything from him. No. And it's wonderful.
0: I, I respect that level of brilliant <laughs> ordinariness. Yes, absolutely.
1: Have you got any more goods?
0: Uh Yeah, so uh, Cheslin Colby... Uh... Perfecting the art of the falling over dummy sidestep uh, to score mm. against. Clenall. He looked
1: exactly like a sort of scene from, um, you know, like Project A Jackie Chan, mm. where he looks like he's constantly kind of falling over, but he's, a, <laughs> he's uh, or like, exactly you know, a bad tripping bad. over, but he somehow outfoxes yeah. absolutely everybody. His
0: legs are still. Is the way that he falls on his ass? Two tacklers basically blitz straight past him, and then he's just instantly somehow sort of. Springs back to his feet and runs through the hole and scores. It's marvelous.
1: Yeah, Reese not got in touch and said Cheslin Colby's try was good, absolutely fantastically good. He fell over. Two defenders ran past him because they thought he was going outside. And when he regained his feet, he left four other defenders dead, and one of them was Rabaslamani.
0: It's yeah, it, it was wonderful stuff. Speaking of wonderful stuff, Johnny Gray, right? <laughs> yes, forty fucking three
1: tackles, non missed. He also did a shitload of carries. Somebody worked out that he was either tackling somebody or carrying the ball in every 83 seconds in that
0: game. Like we said before that Johnny Gray can be a little bit workmanlike. Hmm. But when you're working like that, that's fine. When you're carrying or tackling once every 90 seconds as a professional rugby player for the full game, that's all right. It would
1: do. The dead ball area, who's who's a good follow on Twitter, who I chat to occasionally. Made a very good point actually, so I never really thought about. It. He said, "People lionizing these massive tackle stats is good, is right because obviously people are working very hard. But what does it tell you about a defense? Because the purpose mm. of a defense is to get the ball back. And if all yeah. you're doing is making shitloads of tackles, you're not getting the ball. You're not back. getting the ball back much. But yeah, so but, you know, obviously that wasn't the case." Mm. For Glasgow on a weekend because they fucking hammered them, but it, it made it's an interesting thing to think slightly differently about defence in that way. I thought mm. Robbie Alexander gets in touch on Twitter at Blood and Mud and he says, "Good is Pablo Matera against the Sharks. Check out the highlights." I haven't done it, Robbie, but I'll take your word for it. I, I believe him. Uh, Catherine Kavanaugh gets in touch. Hello, Catherine. After you know sending this to me again because I must say, people, if you if you send me shit, goods, that's not as a response to the Monday tweet to say, can I have them? No way. I I won't see them. I'm not trying to say I'm an enormously popular person on Twitter, but too much of my timeline, my notifications passes for me to actually find them again, realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, she says, no doubt I'll be echoing a column theme here, but she says, shit is the whole shoddy, sorry, awful mess. (laughs) Mess in capital letters, I like that, proper noun. He said, good, she said, is the almost unanimous response to the mess
0: in proper I oh, agree
1: absolutely um, Graham Love gets in touch he says shit is Edinburgh's performance versus Ulster but good is John Barkley correctly labelling it as total <laughs> shit, <is> shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he said he was like, he was about Ross Ford would he, he say yeah. to give you a better send off than that pile of shit we put out there yeah
0: did he did he really <laughs>
1: I've been quite, I've I've been feeling better (laughs) about it.
0: I I, I promised myself I wouldn't say anything about it. I did say somebody said to
1: me, people take the piss out of him. I'm looking at you, they they tagged me. And I did say, look, and I'll say this again, you know, we take the piss out of people on here, but please don't think that we don't know that they're all approximately 1.7 million times better at rugby than we are. We are simply, you know, interested observers who like to have a laugh. But believe me, you know, he has had a great career.
0: Yeah. For somebody who's such an old <laughs> average player.
1: <laughs> so but again, 1.7 million times better than we are. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, what else have we got here? Ian Bradshaw gets in touch. He said, good amongst the madness that was the premiership this weekend was a reassuring mm. certainty that Quinns would find a way to fuck it up at the end versus Saints.
0: <laughs> truth, truth. Uh,
1: and Gustard's out at the Royal Rumble early as well. He won't be happy. Yeah, terrible week
0: for him. Terrible week.
1: Uh, Eben James gets in touch and said, "Good is the two fly halves fan- channeling. that again. Good is the two fly halves channeling the ghost of Finn Russell. Both Sam Davis and Denny Cipriani did exact same copy of his no look pass from England versus Scotland. He did
0: Sam Davis was very good on the weekend, which is ironic given that two days later he was basically going to be out of a job. Rendered out of a job. Yeah.
1: yeah. He finishes Eben by saying, also as an Ospreys fan." That's the most exciting thing I've ever seen Sam. Let's kick it downfield, Davis, do.
0: Yeah, well, you won't see him kicking it for too much longer.
1: <laughs> Alex jo- Alex Reese Jones gets in touch. Says good was Toulouse versus Clermont. Mm. Rugby at its pure Ridiculous. French, balmiest, <laughs> mental
0: best. Ridiculous game. What which was included 48 43.
1: It 48-43? And also included Morgan Parra throwing in at the line out of the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I love the Delicious. fact that they've still got that kind Delicious. of end of seasons amateur tour about even their highest. Yeah. and this is one you can throw versus a line out, two. Can't you? Yeah, yeah,
0: and this is one versus two in the top fourteen. Mad stuff.
1: Uh, Simco kid gets in touch. He said, "I saw Josh Adams at the weekend do a weird old man back, back bad back type tri scoring celebration versus Sale, and nearly starting a fight." I'm not sure if it falls in into really good shit out or constrict. I don't think it comes into any of those. No, no I just think, it think just it's weird. It just comes into a weird. This is the thing you see. Where do you end with this? I mean, so the, these try celebrations. Once you've stopped just basically nodding at the crowd.
0: <laughs> yeah. Once you just. It only yeah, goes one way. A gentle fist bump, but a pat on the back. Yeah. yeah this is where we end. Um, good for me was Dan Evans. Mm. How, how are the Ospreys keeping him? I don't know, because he scored eight tries in three games, and that's largely the reason why the Ospreys have suddenly done a bit of a Lazarus in terms of their season and their Champions Cup hopes. Like he should be playing with somebody much better than the Ospreys, especially if it's like he's not playing for Wales. Somebody in England should have fucking made him a very rich man.
1: You'll take <laughs> though, won't
0: you? Oh, fucking right, I will. Speaking of people who were leaving, after you mentioned
1: last week, because I'll be honest, I've not paid that much attention to him. I had a look at Will Boyd for Scarlers.
0: Fucking good, isn't he?
1: Honestly, Leicester should be after him
0: now. Anyone in the Prem
1: Leicester should, should be after him yeah. right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Sarri's want him. and
1: That says something, doesn't it? But yeah. Leicester well, need yeah. him. Sarri's want him. Yeah. Leicester probably need <laughs> Saris him.
0: want Leicester need him. Yeah, but a team like Bristol should be biting, taking their you know, Imagine putting Will Boyd in a back row with uh, Jack Lamb and Stephen Luetua. How much fun would that be? <laughs>
1: that will be fun, yes. <laughs> um, Neil Weber gets in touch finally. He says, good is Ian Madigan, stroke Madigan, however <laughs> you pronounce it. Yes. Um, that always reminds me, he's that um, Tidiro in the Welsh Comedian. He's from Aberystwyth, he's really Welsh, he's in that. Anyway, oh, yeah. he always says, he always does that one joke, which I still find funny, when he goes, yes, it's some place in England, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> but yeah, so Ian, I, Ian Medegan, Madigan, Madigan, uh, having his second 80th minute winner of the season.
0: Yeah, and, and a couple of weeks after missing an 80th minute. Yeah, that's true. He did, didn't, didn't he? You're right. Yeah.
1: You know? It says more about Bristol than it does about Ian Madigan that they keep manufacturing <laughs> these mental 80th yeah, yeah, minute winning yeah. opportunities that you can either take or not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Ian, crack on another one. Fucking hell.
1: Have you got any more goods?
0: No, I think that's me done.
1: Yeah, apologise again for the wrestling thing, but actually, I think we had to swing completely the other way after all that fucking philosophical talk. So, about following the light. So that's you done. Yeah, that's us done. Done. It's, done. It's Monday we're recording this, Monday the fifteenth. So it's Game of Thrones time. I was going
0: to say we've actually recording early today. We're actually recording early. We're actually recording early we so we can... want to go and watch fucking Game of Thrones. And the
1: fact that we can do it on catch up, I'm not interested in that. I want, I want no. to share the uh... it's
0: already but it's already recorded I could have watched it at any point and are you I going to watch it as live keep... though so you can tweet maybe I don't I'm know not. I'll am not i probably just put it on
1: I know get I can I can have mission creep, creep. Be... I know I can have mission get... creep on my Twitter but I think Game of Thrones might be one too far
0: <laughs> see I think I, I'm just going to get through it as quick as possible and then go to bed
1: I went on a massive fucking rant about Paul Scores and somebody said which sport's this I was like fuck <laughs> off it's
0: League it's 2 football <laughs>
1: doesn't look like football, but it is. <laughs> right then, I will speak to you all soon. So will Josh. Oh, next week we will probably be, it's Bank Holiday Monday, so we'll probably be a day late because I'm travelling back from London, so I can't record. Indeed. So I'll uh, speak to you all soon. Goodbye.
0: Thank you. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015.
1: The ISI. Together, will get you back on track.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network